You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Chris and I'm not the host, as any regular listeners will know. However, I have been joined by Greg and the man who is a host, Craig. Hello, guys. Hello. Evening. Well, how did you like that, Greg? Oh, I think I'm surprised, man. My, my jaw just about hit the floor there when Chris rolled in with that intro. And I tell you something, it sounds a bit better than yours, so... What do you mean? Could be a job, son. I don't oh, know. Pressure's on now. It's a lot, more upbeat, a lot more upbeat than normal. Than your usual troll. Hello. My boring hello. Exactly. You're at a job, son. It sounds simple, but I always stumble over it and forget my words, even though I say the same thing every week. It's not very easy. Chris is a podcasting pro, though. He's mere podcasting. You can shake a stick at these days. Are you still doing that one where you speak from the crowd? Aye. The Paradise Report. The, the Paradise Report. You want to do one Fibrox next season? No, not really. I don't think we'll go down too well. <laughs> Imagine standing in the, the home crowd and the away team scores and I cheer. <laughs> Dodgy. Aye. I suppose that's one thing I, I did enjoy your Tony Watt. Everybody enjoyed that. I still get people talking about that. I need to apologise to Tony Watt if I ever meet him because I've ruined his name. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Right, on this podcast, we've got the Hello, which Chris has already done. We've got the SPL, the SFL, including a wee bit about playoffs. We've got, it's awards season, so we've got the PFA Awards. Then the charity bet, which is going to be a wee bit different because we've not got any SFL apart for the playoffs, obviously, and then we'll end with the SPL predictions. So, Chris, you want to start us off with the SPL? Aye, I'll go back to the weekend's action. We'll start off at Tannadice, where St. Johnson were the visitors, and Liam Craig earned St. Johnson's first win at Tannadice in almost 13 years. That's gone back to August 2000, when Keegan Parker got the winner in a 2-1 victory. Uh, Craig got the only goal of the game seven minutes before the break, and I suppose the only good news, uh, you did. Uh, Liam Craig, no, yeah. Surname, no surname. But I suppose the good news for Dundee United was the return of Johnny Russell back after his recent leg break. He just came off the bench at, uh, just under an hour gone. But as there was no further scoring, St Johnson still in the hunt for third place, or Dundee United have all but confirmed for his place in sixth. So we'll move on to Tynecastle. Well, St Marin were looking for that single point that would pretty much secure them the SPL place for another season. Well, Hearts were looking for some revenge in the League Cup final loss and uh, to try and ignore the increasingly worrying news from off of the park, of course. And uh, they probably served that up with a cracking finish from Jamie Walker after a quarter of an hour, which is then followed up by a half-time long-range free kick from Kevin Mahate, which Craig Sampson won't want to see again, as it squirmed underneath him. And the game was effectively over, though, when Kenny McLean was sent off in the second half for a challenge from Mahate, which saw him get a straight red for dying a goal-scoring opportunity and uh, a penalty awarded, which Jamie Hamill then duly dispatched. So with that defeat, there was still no SPL security for St Martin on Saturday, while Hearts get to take a decent result into next weekend's final Edinburgh derby of the season. But of course, game of the day on Saturday was up in Inverness, where Motherwell were the visitors, and having scalped Inverness three times already, Motherwell were needing just a point to officially secure second spot, although goal difference has pretty much done that anyway. So there was always going to be goals expected, I'm not sure many was expected the host to host host their 3-0 lead so early though. Bill McKay gave the lead give Inverness the lead after just three minutes before he supplied Andrew Shinney with his second after just 25 and two minutes later those roles were reversed as McKay got his second and Inverness's third but Motherwell fought back well getting one just before half time for James McFadden 
And when Henry Oyama went down in the area just after half time following a challenge from Chris Hogg, who himself was playing his first game after 18 months out injured with a cruciate ligament damage, Michael Higdon dispatched that penalty and then McFadden levelled the game just after the hour mark, which was some comeback, but sadly for the visitors, they would then lose Oyama to a second yellow card for a shocking challenge on Andrew Shinney. And having been booked earlier, it was probably correctly done for a, a pretty poor dive. Muller will try to hold out, but with seven minutes remaining, Mackay completed his hat trick to give Inverness all three points and keep them possibly favourites to clinch that final Europa League spot in third place. So moving on to Sunday, with Inverness winning, it meant Ross County really had to get something against the champion Celtic in the Sunday noon kick-off. Preferably a win, because uh, they were already beginning to trail by five points by that point. But when Anthony Stokes opened the scoring after just four minutes, he might have been somewhat concerned. However, with Celtic having only taken a point from the previous two visits in Dingwall and having lost the previous visit, having taken an early 2 0 lead, I'm sure they weren't too worried. And as the first half wore on, County began to run the midfield and a well worked free kick from Richie Britton just before half time allowed Ian Vigers to level the game with a terrific top corner strike from the edge of the box. Celtic did think they'd taken the re- retaken the lead on the stroke of half time when Tony Watt turned in a load down McGee across, but despite being clearly a yard onside, the flag went up and denied the teenager. The second half saw Ross County probably have the better of the chances, but they failed to really trouble Lucas Soluska, who was in goal for Celtic, and uh, any efforts on target, and eventually the teams had to settle for a share of the points. So for Celtic, that's six away games in a row that they failed to win, which is their worst run since the mid-90s, when they went ten in a row without winning. Uh, for County, they still trail Inverness by four points with two games to go, so they're going to need a favour next weekend if the final Highland derby of the season and the final day of the season is going to play any part in deciding third. But back at the other end of the table, Dundee were hosting Aberdeen, needing to make it four wins in a row to keep up their great escape attempt. So when Jim McAllister's long-range effort was deflected past Jamie Langfield, there must have been some clenched sphincters in Paisley. <laughs> Dundee maybe should have increased their lead, but Langfield was in fine form and denied themselves opportunities to double the lead. It got even better for the host, though, when Rory Farrell was showing a straight red card after clashing with Declan Gallagher. Unfortunately, none of the cameras caught it, so I've no idea what actually happened. But then it all went horribly wrong for Dundee. A blatant Peter Pollock dive in the area when uh, Lewis Tosh, was pretty much only standing next to him and pulled out a challenge, was uh, seen by everybody as a dive, except for referee Alan Muir, who bizarrely gave the penalty. And now McGinn tucked that away to level the game and then went over to wind up the home fans, something which was in probably rightly booked for. Dundee did try to restore the lead, but with Jamie Langfield still denying them, it was not to be, and the full-time whistle sounded uh, it meant a draw in the day and the end of the brave fight for John Brown's Dundee to stay in the SPL. So Paul will no doubt be retro- retrospectively punished for his dive, but that's going to be a lot of consolation for the relegated Dens Park Club. And finally, on the end on a sad note, because the game at Rugby Park between Kilmarnock and Hibernian was abandoned early in the second half. The game had been tied at 1-1 thanks to Alex Harris opening the scoring and Chris Boyd levelling 10 minutes later. But that matters little. The game was halted when Kilmarnock supporter James Haswell collapsed in the stand after suffering a heart attack. He was treated for some time before being taken to hospital, but sadly he failed to recover and died. So no surprise then, everyone involved agreed with the abandonment. And I'm sure our thoughts are with Mr Haswell's friends and family at this time. Yeah, it's sad to hear that you go to something like a game of football and you, you don't come back. Uh, so I'd like to move on talk about Bomber Brown and Dundee and the dive. Now, Bomber's getting a wee bit upset about it. <laughs> Ever so slightly. <laughs> and he he's, he's, seems to be blaming relegation on this one decision. But let's get it into context. It was two points that he uh, lost. Yeah, but this wasn't what got him relegated. 
he's been relegated over the course of a season. Well, actually, Dundee even relegated over the yeah. course of the season because he's done a really good yep. job of trying to get him out of it. They were in a horrible position when he took over, and he's done a really good job. They've rallied, they've, they've taken it far further than anyone expected them to. It's just a shame that it's the, the run that have been on has come to a halt in such a manner. I think that's maybe what the problem is. You could understand, I think Brown said it himself, you could, if it had been a screamer, or if it, even if it had been a, a, a poorly defended goal or something that you could just point to and say, yeah, okay, they scored fair and square, then they would accept it. But to be denied by a, a really poor refereeing decision is is pretty harsh. I think I think it's a shame as well, because I think St Mirren had bottled it. When you look at that result of Tynecastle, they were obviously having an eye on the, 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 the game on the, the, the Sunday, and I'd imagine if Dundee had taken points for that, I could have seen the, the backside collapse out of St Mirren's season, which would have been somewhat ironic given their given their chairman's stance and voting on reconstruction and whatnot. So it's a bit of a shame everybody's been denied a kind of proper end to the season as it was shaping up to be by what is a um what is a really pretty uh, pretty shallow act of diving on, on Aberdeen's part. But there's a lot of diving going on at the weekend. It was a, it was a, a dive's the right word for it because it was a, a two footed dive. Yeah, they showed they showed a montage in sports scene last night of the, the the same guy, and he's he's done it three or four times a season, and it's the same thing every time. It's planting the two feet in the ground and springing forward. Uh, he's, he's got a nice diving technique. <laughs> I think that highlighted that on the show. <laughs> I didn't see sports scene. I, I tend to watch the highlights online, watch it on YouTube, or maybe I watch a wee bit on STV. I was trying to mix it about this week just to see what they, they were all like. Because I hear that the BBC has won highlights again for the next few seasons. Yep, three years. Yeah, and I've not heard anything from STV or YouTube, but I'm assuming that they're going to continue doing what they're doing right now. I just hope that they get better quality, because right now it's just... YouTube says it's 480, is it? 480? It's not that. It's rubbish quality. But anyway, I digress. It's time they just started showing the highlights again on a Saturday night, well, assuming the, the games would be on on a Saturday, because by by tea, by tea time on a Sunday, there's up to other places you can go and get the highlights. You can watch Sky Sports News on a Saturday night and watch all the goals. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're trying to sort of, sort of pimp this out as being something that is. Now, most people have generally seen the goals before sports scene comes on, so I think they should start moving the slot back to a Saturday night. I like the Saturday night, and actually I prefer the Sunday morning. That's when I watch the English yeah. match yeah. of the day because it's just it's a good time. It's about eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, get up and just lie in bed watching that. Eight o'clock doesn't exist on a Sunday morning. Well, unless you're driving to Dingwall <laughs> for a noon kickoff. Unless <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're watching an SPL team, in which case eight o'clock's a, a long lie. Or your uh, or your Motherwell's press conference. What they talking about? <laughs> half eight this morning. Half eight this morning. That was optimistic, wasn't it? <laughs> Was that the press conference to say uh, we're not having a press conference? <laughs> <laughs> right, so hi, that's Dundee down. So there's nothing really more exciting down the bottom end of the table. No, there's an Edinburgh derby next weekend, but that's about that's got its own sort of story with it, I suppose. Yeah, it's... I'm sure. Well, I, I would like to say I'm sure the Hibs fans will be winding them up, but the Hibs fans had an opportunity to wind them up last time and were pretty quiet about it. Yeah, but um, ESPN's right. last game, last Scottish game. In the season yeah, itself. before we go to BT Sport, which I still don't know exactly what's happening with that. I did see the BT Sport 1 and BT Sport 2 appeared in my Sky planner today. All right, well, I've not seen that. Yeah, they're only like four, four, four or something on the back kind of number. Yeah. So it's so ESPN not doing any games next season? Not no, they're done. They're pulling out of Britain. Are they, mate? Mm. So Derek Ray's going to be 
looking for a, a job. Well, he was tweeting earlier today or yesterday, I think it was. That he's hoping to reveal some more information soon. So I don't know if he's got something lined up or what. But I mean, if he has, then fantastic because ah, if, if BT had any sense to be signing him up ah. right now to do that. I, I mean, I honestly think we get some right nuggets on uh, Scottish coverage, but when it comes to the co- the actual commentators, we've got Ian Crocker and uh, Derek Ray, and both of them are fantastic, know their stuff really well, yeah. and are usually quite enthusiastic about the game as well. Yeah, yeah, it'd be good if we did see Derek Ray move across it. I'd like that, and I'd like to see Cragen as well move, and Burley, I like the two of them. Michael Stewart seemed okay, he seemed... Lost for words a couple of times during the coverage at the weekend, and during one of the goals, he was celebrating <laughs> <laughs> while, while Derek was trying to ex- explain what had happened. But other than that, I thought Stuart done well for his for his debut. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's guys out there that are good. They should sign Pat Bonner up as well because he's one of the few guys you get in the sports scene that seems yeah. to talk any sense. I, I, I quite like Stephen Thompson in the sports scene as well. In fact, I'm sure there was one week Stephen Thompson and Pat Bonner were on it the same Aye, week, and that was good. probably the best of the season. It's a decent double act. Aye. I like that ESPN have kind of pushed the boundaries this season. Like They, they do the, the half-time on the pitch occasionally. I quite like that touch. I wasn't so sure at the start of the season, but I, I like it because it makes you feel like you're you're there, feel part of the atmosphere. And I like how they get the players in at the, the end of the game Aye. as well, occasionally. I mean, it's time, it's, or is that it's Sky? Time, it's time they stepped up all this coverage and and started being a wee bit more innovative than, than what they've done for years. Just cutting back to the studio at half time with three guys sitting, being asked pre pre agreed questions. You know, it's pathetic. Get some folk in there that know a wee bit about football and they can put a bit of a spin on it. They might actually be worth watching for a change. Well, I'm free, Greg. I, well, I, I say again. free, but I charge a hefty fee. The tireless work you've done in your, your podcasting career over the last few years um, supporting Scottish football, I, w- I would think you'd be pretty close to the top of the list when the BT execs come down to look into who they can get in for some expert analysis. Although it would clash with uh, my half-time pie, I'm not really sure how that would work, Greg. <laughs> forget it, call it off, forget it, it's not worth it. I thought you didn't have pies, it was half-time bovros you have because you usually sit in the house and don't have any pies. <laughs> I had a, a bovro midweek during the Real Madrid game. And then oh, I had a Bovril at the weekend there. It was the busiest I've seen Ibrox at the Bovril stands, I should say. <laughs> 50,000 attendance. <laughs> Buying Bovrils. <laughs> right, anything else you wanted to discuss in the SPL other than the, the offside goal, Chris? Oh. See, I've not seen it. It wasn't on the ESPN highlights. Was it no? That's no. bizarre. It was, it was definitely a sports scene last night. He's clearly a yard onside. And I mean, yes. I, it was one of those ones that was so bad I could see it at the game at the time. It's not even close. No. And that, I mean, the, the argument I was making when I, after the game was that this is exactly what I was talking about when Derek Ray was on. We were talking about the, he was saying that the goal line technology is an important thing and he was wanting to use the TV cameras and stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of the points I made was, well, the goal line's really important, but so is the offside line. Mm-hmm. Because that can deny you goals. Well, there's Celtic being denied what might have been a winner. I mean, it's not as if there's any goals came after that, but I mean, you never know. The, the, the whole second half would have changed complexion if Celtic were in two one up at half time instead of one each. But I mean, there, there's obviously been a line there that's been wrongly given, and you know, it's made, it's made uh, and of course, the things it's not going to cost Celtic the title, but yeah, that's, that's the whole point of the thing, though, and it? it's changing yeah. the outcome of the game again. It's so. like, well, if we just sit and say it doesn't matter because there's nothing at stake, that's not really the point. Exactly. I, although I didn't see it, I, I always think that linesmen are just human after all. They make mistakes. Yes, it is. Don't like but to be honest, 
this wasn't even that hard to tell because it was played across the face of goal. It's not as if it was a forward ball. Right. So a lot of bad decisions this weekend. Did you see the penalties in the Inverness Motherwell game? Aye, they were pressure. Neither, neither won penalties. Nowhere near penalties. The Jammers wasn't a penalty and the Inverness one wasn't a penalty either. Aye, that's Higdon scored again. Seven against Inverness. Aye, aye. In fact, (laughs) Motherwell scored 15 in total this season. Aye, it's 15, 15 this season. That's brilliant. Um... It was a bit of a pity Saturday because it was looking, it was shaping up to be a really good game until um, Ojama got himself sent off. And if I didn't know better, I would say that he has been trying to get himself sent off that entire game. Because you look at the first challenge for the penalty, I thought it was a dive. You look at the second one he was booked for, definitely a dive. And you look at his challenge where he got his second yellow card. I said, it's, do you know what? It's not the type of challenge that boy makes any time. And to see him doing that right in front of the referee, if I didn't know any better, I would say he was trying to get himself sent off on Saturday. So what's your conspiracy theory then? What's his motive? Listen, I'm not saying he's at home in Estonia just now having a holiday. That, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he's doing that just now. But he was going to miss next weekend's game, definitely. So who knows? He won Young Player of the Month, didn't he? He did. Well it's deserved. Just, it's, it's, it was just a bizarre performance from him on Saturday because I know we hear it, but I mean... The lunge that he gets his second booking for, he, he genuinely isn't really that type of player. And they go in like he did, he studs up. Mm-hmm. And I, don't, I disagree a bit with Chris, I don't think it was that bad a challenge. But if you put your, if you show your studs like that two yards in front of the referee, you're asking, if you're in a booking, you're asking for another yellow card there. It's absolutely mm-hmm. mental. What confused me about that? I've seen that given as a straight red. It's, I, mean, I, I mean, I'm not going to argue about it because I think that is a straight red a bit. Probably I think it depends on the angle. Because if, if you see Aye. the angle straight on, it looks bad. But if you see the one from behind the goal, he's kind of just left his leg trailing in the air and the Inverness player's going over the top of it. So it's it's not really a studs on shin challenge. But if you're on a booking, you don't make that challenge. You certainly don't make it in the middle of the park where there's a nothing ball floating about. So I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what, what was said to him at full time about that. Because if you noticed, the first one to get booked for as well, and one of the plays, if you look at Higdon's reaction, he's tearing a strip off him for going down there because he was there's absolutely no reason to get down there. He's almost through in goal, and he decides to collapse his legs. I don't know. I just it's just a really bizarre performance for him on Saturday. I don't know what his uh, what his game was, but a wee bit of luck, somebody delivered a word in his ear because that's just totally unacceptable. So I suppose Bill McKay's given a wee bit of. A challenge to Higdon for the top scorer mm-hmm. is that trick because it's what mm-hmm. Higdon's in 26, McKay's in 23. 23 now, yeah. Griffiths is still in 22. I think McGinn in 20 and Hooper in 19 are probably out of it now with only two games left. But uh, I mean, that's McKay's brought himself back in. It's a bit of a challenge, up. Yeah. Ah, he's going to run them close, I think. Definitely. Ah, it's been a, a good season for players out with the old firm. It's been refreshing for the, the top scorers this season. But I think I'd like to see Higdon. Get it. I think he's been most consistent. Uh, Mackay went through a, a spell where he was superb and he seemed to be scoring every single week, but he did have a dip. So I, I, like, I like to see Higdon do well. well. We'll touch on him a bit later on in, in a negative sense as well as a positive. Yeah. I'm sure we'll come to that. We're going to talk about the SFL first. Aye, well, the SFL, I wanted to mention Queenie South. Managed to amass 92 points and a positive goal difference of 69. So it's a superb season for them. Yep, four more points than Gretna managed in 2005-06. So that's the new SFL2 record. 
that's brilliant. And Nicky Clark, again, give him a mention. Superb season. And well, there's further talk of him going to Rangers. Although I don't know how that's going to work because Rangers can't sign anyone. But anyway. I think they're, they're talking about playing try lists until September. <laughs> I think I heard something about that tonight. Yeah. I don't know. Another wee dodgy way to get around their ban, but you know. Did I hear Nicky Clark's, um, Sandy Clark's boy? Aye, that's true. Yep. Yep. (laughs) So 32 league goals he's got. That's some some long. And Queenie South are installing a AstroTurf surface for next season, and so are Falkirk. Falkirk, aye, Falkirk as well. Good. We need more of that. See, that was my one criticism uh, yesterday when I was up in Dingwall. Dingwall's a lovely town. The stadium they've got is a cracking wee place. But that pitch was horrendous. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, were they trying to make the Celtic players feel at home by making it a beach? It's been, it's been terrible for ages, that pitch up there. And I don't know why they're not getting fined. We get hammered a few seasons ago for right. having a terrible pitch. And that one up there is deplorable. So potentially is not much better as well. I started no, a thread on the forum talking about it. And, and I'm I'm quite positive about the, the move towards AstroTurf because it makes financial sense. I heard it's maybe 450 grand to install. But then you think the money that you're going to save, the money you're going to make as well, because you could, well, you could use it for training, for example. You could rent it out as well. And the, in terms of a groundskeeper, I don't know what he needs to do. Does he need to use install the black balls every six months? <laughs> he needs to rake the black rubble. <laughs> <laughs> but that's pretty much it. You don't need to do the lines because they're painted in, they're sewn in, if you like. So aye, it just makes sense to me. But then there was somebody on the forum, Sheeny Bob, he was saying that uh, he doesn't. He's never heard any manager saying any manager or player saying that they prefer that over grass. I guess he's right. I, I've heard a lot of criticism uh, of the surface, how it can be yeah. bad for your knees, twisting and, and so on. You've still got the problem if you if you chuck a slide tackle in there. Okay, it's not as bad as the old AstroTurf or the, the the surfaces previously, but you can still give yourself a right nasty burn in that stuff if you go sliding in. So I can yeah. see why it's not universally adopted but in a country where the weather conditions are such that you can't guarantee good playing surfaces or you don't have the money to spend like maybe Celtic do to stick the lights on in the park to get the grass growing it's definitely going to be an option and certainly can't the offload that though that's the thing that, that costs quite a bit of money for a, to do that and it's worth it but there isn't any other club in Scotland get any no. money to do that I think certainly up in Dingwall it makes a lot more sense to have uh, AstroTurf because the weather's hardly great up there. Well, I I say the weather's hardly great up there, but I'm actually a wee bit sunburnt today after standing in the sun for hours. I was hoping for a picture, Chris, but I take it it's not developed in a right or red. (laughs) No, it's actually not as bad today. (laughs) See, one of the things about the AstroTurf that a lot of people call it all weather, it's not 100% all weather because we all play football at a, a low level. And we've had games cancelled because it's been too cold. But it's but at least it survives most of the icy weather and clubs won't need to spend the I think it's ten grand for a few days of their undersoil heating. They won't need to do that because it's a bit more hardy. Couldn't you still just have heating underneath the three G? I'm sure you could, but at ten grand for a couple of days, I think they'd be looking to get rid of that. Well, wouldn't you just have a cover? Aye, the cover makes much more sense. Yeah. Financially. Well you've seen when our both played host to Celtic, there was games that were called off left, right and centre and they managed to keep the game on and they just used a cover. Aye, Motherwell used to have this massive balloon that they put up right over the entire... (laughs) (laughs) Right over the entire uh, uh, size of the pitch and they blew hot air under it and God knows how much that cost them. 
of that running, but they had that for a couple of seasons to try and throw out what was on the top of the pitch. Yeah. Mental. But I see when I heard it was ten grand, I was like, no, that, that can't be right. But apparently that's what it is. I guess it's it's such a big surface area. Well, it's like running your central heating, but on a, the size of a football pitch scale. Aye. So anyway. Anyway, enough of this talk of surfaces. Enough of surfaces. <laughs> I want to talk about the, my day out on Saturday. It was Rangers sealing their, their third division. I thought you were nearly on the ticket. Aye, well, it was my mate's turn, but then he, he said to me on Friday night he couldn't make it, so I was, I was pretty glad that I could go. It was it was okay. The performance wasn't a vintage. It was 1-0. And, uh, there's not really anything to say about the performance, but it was a good party atmosphere. They were saying there was 50,048 tickets sold for the game. I'm not sure how many bums there was on seats because I spotted a few empty seats. But there wasn't too many. It was just uh, the usual suspects in the bottom corners that can't even see the pitch. The, the curious thing I found was I'd seen a picture for the like the last five minutes. And this happens a lot on Twitter, I've found, because people go, oh, look how many people have actually turned up at Ibrox and show you a picture for five minutes for time when about 10,000 people have usually left by this point. Mm-hmm. But in this instance, wasn't the trophy presentation coming after the game? It was. So why would anybody have left early? Did that actually happen? Did people leave before the trophy presentation? Well, there was people leaving pretty sharpish after the trophy presentation, but I didn't see many people leave during it. And I've not seen any of these pictures, but the, there was only a dotting of seats that were empty, really. There, was, there wasn't a mass exodus that I can remember. It was pretty empty. cold. And I was considering going because I was, I was freezing. freezing on yeah. Saturday. Absolutely freezing. There was a guy in front of me just... had a t-shirt on, which is bizarre. So maybe not just a bit of a damp scrub, though. Who really wants to hang about and watch him parade the third division title? Well, it was a, it was actually a, a big cup. <laughs> it doesn't matter how big the cup is, <laughs> right? It could be the size of the Copeland Road. It's still the third division. <laughs> Gio De Ger on the forum, I'm sure he was delighted with it. <laughs> I think most of the fans in there seen it for what it was. It was it was a chance to sing Championes. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. I posted a video on the forum if you go to the Berwick vers- Rangers versus Berwick Rangers thread and Ali McCoy's interview at the end and he gave a, a wee speech. It was brilliant because the announcer came on and said something along the lines of Ali, I've got two questions for you. The first one is, uh, how does it feel to win your, your first title? And the second one, and then there was just silence. And then you can see McCoy's laughing. And then he, then the announcer just says something like, so how did it feel? <laughs> Imagine fluffing that in front of so many folk. And then also, just immediately prior to that, you should see McCoy's kid. When, uh, when the announcer announces that he's going to interview Ali, the crowd obviously give a big cheer. And the kid just covers his ear. And the look on his face, he's just, he's raging that it's so loud. <laughs> he just doesn't <laughs> want to be there. <laughs> That's good. It's worth a watch. If you're a Celtic fan, Chris, for mm-hmm. example, I, I wouldn't watch beyond maybe the first 30 seconds because then he starts talking about Rangers. And, but before then, it's all right. <laughs> you can watch that bit because it's funny enough for any neutrals to watch. Imagine that. The Rangers manager thought about Rangers. No. Never a thought. What was good did, is... Did he, end, did he end his speech with We Are The People? He did. Did he really, <laughs> did he really sink to that level? <laughs> there was the a lowest, few that's the lowest common denominator, isn't it? We oh. are a people. It's, it's been like that all season. It was the same with Charles Green. I know, I know they're rallying to the cause, but oh, come on. <laughs> It felt quite good. It felt like I was back in the 90s because he kept talking about stage one complete. 
It's an arcade game. That's what it was like. Past the checkpoint. He'll so what was that? He's finished on 83 points. 15 short of Gretna's record. That's been a tough season, Chris. Aye, well, it oh, it's been a tough season. All that money you spent on that squad. Oh, I don't know. It's it's he'll a... be jettisoned at the summer. He'll be it. He'll not be in charge next season. I'm not sure even who's, who's in charge at the, the higher level. <laughs> I think he sort that out first. I think okay. he'll be a goner. I don't know. I'm, I'm not really sure what will happen. I think that he's shown his weakness, as many new managers do, that they're okay when they're winning. Rangers went through a really good spell, but then when they're losing, he just doesn't have that plan B. But that might come, and maybe now is the time to develop him as a manager. Right now, he doesn't look like the guy to do it, but I don't know. It could happen. It's maybe worth giving him another six months, seeing how it goes. I think that he's the type of person that would step aside if he felt that it was in the best interest of Rangers. If they've got any sense, they'll get the guy for Queen of the South. A guy who's just romped that second division. Alan Johnson. Yeah. Did he uh, know he used to play for Rangers? He did, aye. But yep. he's just signed another year extension with Queen of the South. So it'll be interesting to see how they got on in the first division, actually. Cause yeah. I, know, I, know, I know there's been a lot of people saying, oh, well, they're the only full-time club in the second division, so obviously they were going to romp it. But, I mean, you can make the same argument with Rangers, and Queen of the South have done better than Rangers have it romping yep. the division. Yep. yep, I agree, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the playoffs were decided as well, obviously. We've got Berwick going to face East Fife. We've got Queen of the South, or not Queen of the South, Queen's Park facing Peterhead in uh, the, the third to second playoff, which they seem to call this the SFL2's playoff, which is weird because it involves three four, three teams out of the lower division. I'm always confused by that, yeah. I know, that, that, that's, that's, just, that's a bit that I don't like about the playoffs. I, don't, I think it should just be straight relegation and then playoffs for promotion. And it should be that, like that is in England, because it's far more exciting. You're giving a, a, a team who's had a bad season a chance to redeem themselves, which I can understand as its own benefits, but I think you're, you're almost penalising the other three teams that are in the playoff by throwing in a team for a higher division. And what, what frustrates me as well is why is it that the team in the higher division gets to play the lowest team in the division below? Yeah, I Because they're, they're the team that's done the worst out of all four, and yet they are somehow getting seeded as the best. That doesn't. That's not fair. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, the whole playoff thing needs a shake up, and it needs to introduce at the SPL level as well again. Definitely. Mental. I would totally agree with that because I, I spent today being a bank holiday sitting watching Yeovil Town versus uh, whoever it was they beat, <laughs> and Brentford so versus Swindon. Sheffield United. Sheffield, Sheffield United, that was it, yeah. And I, that's my, that was my day, basically. I sat and watched playoffs on the telly because I had nothing better to do. And it was really exciting. Two cracking games to watch. Aye, I was busy working. Because we could have been sitting looking forward to a St. Martin playoff. Aye, how good did that have been? So, I mean, a capacity crowd. You could have stuck it in the telly. You'd get neutrals watching it. No, I wouldn't include the, the team above, Craig. I would put them straight down. Yeah, straight down with them. Yep, straight no. down. I would, I just... would agree. I mean, my, my playoffs at the moment would involve St. Marin going down with Dundee United. If it stopped now, there's obviously still a chance you could catch Hearts, I think. And then you would have the likes of Martin, Falkirk, Livingston, and. Craig's team, Hamilton. Is it Hamilton that finished first? Aye, I think I. He's yeah, a... Right now, aye. 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 Well, right now it's finished, so aye, that's where they're finishing. Aye, I mean, so you'd have Morton playing Hamilton and Falkirk playing Livingston. That would be your two playoffs, and then they'd all meet in a final at Hamden. Just do what they do in England. Yeah, but that's what I think it should be, and I think we should be trying to get except, a TV deal. Except well. not Hamden. Yeah. 
have it anywhere except Hamden. Anywhere except Hamden, uh, This is the thing I find astounding, but so many times you find Scottish football wants to copy English football, except in the one thing I actually do like yeah. about English football. It just seems to catch the imagination down there. It's just a brilliant atmosphere down in England when the, the playoffs come round. It's, it's a reward for a season because even if you don't make it, obviously the fans are disappointed, but it's still it's still a reward, still getting that day in the final. And, uh, it's just not the same here. But uh, the games are on Wednesday and then the second leg is on the Saturday as well. So It's pretty quick turnaround, yeah. I, I hope that Aloha, that's, that's the one that I'm hoping to go up into the first division. I think Queen of the South are hoping it's going to be Forfar because they really do like going to Station Park. <laughs> They've had some good times there. They keep clenching the title. Though. It's worrying for Dunfermline though if they do go down to the second division because I was hearing uh, that they're another rally I cry could, for money. That yeah. could be curtains, I think. If they, if they slip out of that league, I think that could be... They just need to get answer. drastic and just yep. start from start from scratch really and just try and get rid of as many players as they can because they just can't carry on. The problem is the infrastructure they've got there as well. They've got that great big stadium, which, you know, you ain't going to need. You're going to have to shut two stands. Mm-hmm. Still going to have to pay to get the place heated, electricity. It's just that, I mean, that's that's the stark reality for clubs in the first, second, and third division. You're talking about paying domestic bills. It's not, it's not so much paying players' wages like it's been at Hearts or, or any other SPL clubs. You're talking about, you know, paying your electricity bill. It's nuts. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's Dunfermline already closed that stand, didn't they? Even when they were in the SPL, yeah, yeah, they made that decision. Aye, so it should be exciting. I, I might try and go and see if Aloha get to the final. I might see if I can go and see them because I've got a guy I used to go to football with. He's an Aloha fan, so it could be a, a good day out. I'm not sure when the final is. So that would be is that a back-to-back promotion for them if they got? Uh, yeah, it will be. Aye. Yeah. Aye. They don't play a final. They play a two-leg. Which is, is it a two-leg final? Yeah, oh, I, I, that's the other thing I don't like about the Scottish playoffs. I like the idea of a one-off final in a neutral yeah. venue. Yeah. You play the playoff, you, you play the, the two-leg thing in the first part of it and then you get to a one-off game where I just... Aye, go and play a final at Almondvale or something. Aye. Is that yeah, not like the... seems to be the favourite when it comes to the... Yeah, the I think that's a crack stadium. See, so, for, see, for a, a small-sized Scottish football stadium, there's about half a dozen SPL clubs that could learn a lot for that, that stadium at... Right. At Livingston, I think it's a, it's a cracking stadium. It's been a while since I've been there. I've seen European football at that stadium. <laughs> I saw Livingston play Stone Grass about 10 years ago. Now. Good game as well. I think Celtic were playing Shadova away that night or something. We'd beat them 8-1 in the first leg, so I wasn't really that bored. I still took a radio. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll move on and we'll mention the PFA Awards. Higdon! <laughs> Big Higdon. Then <laughs> the biggest night of his career is... He's, he's, Won a claim from his fellow professionals. What a star. A night to remember for Higdon. Sure. He's fought all the way to get this title, hasn't he? He has. He's punching above his weight. I tell you, that's a real football player, isn't it? Pick up a ward, then half an hour later, you're up in the Corinthian scrapping with folk. That's, that's <laughs> what we need to see in Scottish football. None of this. See that picture of the, was it the, the Burnley player getting his boots to that disabled supporter? I'm not interested in any of that. You want your football players up in a right club swinging punches at half two on a Sunday morning. Do you think he was swinging the award about? Do you think that's oh, I think he was taking on all comers by, by all accounts. But I have to say, it's all alleged. I understand he's been released yes. without charge, so <laughs> let's just keep ourselves. Right so, so basically, what actually happened was he got drunk, got in a bit of a fight, 
and then Correct. they've decided that maybe it'd be better just lock them up until he sobers up. Uh, exactly. <laughs> have, have eight hours in that cell. Uh, yeah, just you behave yourself. Okay. Uh, and then... I mean, it's, it's funny because of all the winners that were on the list, you'd have thought it'd be Lee Griffiths that'd been the press the next day. I was amazed he wasn't involved because you look at those headlines and you think PFA winner and, and nightclub bust up. Never was expecting Griffiths' name there, but I'm sure Pat Fenlon was delighted when it wasn't him. He's a good boy nowadays. The thing is, he can't get in any clubs. <laughs> He's a young boy, though. A young player of the year, I remember. Aye. Aye, and then the, the guys at Motherwell for some reason deciding they want a half eight press conference and deciding it's a bit of a mistake that the night after the awards that was bizarre and also it was today was the day of Stevie Hamill's testimonial golf day so they were all teed off (laughs) at half past nine so I can only imagine if you'd paid a couple of quid to go and have a round of golf with one of these mugs they'd be all over a shop one of the boys, it, it, um, Jane Francis Angles on Twitter and, and, and Sunday trying to borrow a set of golf clubs for, for teeing off on the Monday. So I think that tells you all you need to know about that golf day. Brilliant. Aye, was it well attended, do you know? Because I know that uh, Derek Adams wasn't letting any of his players go. He said it was too expensive. For the golf day? No, the awards. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I saw some pictures last night and I don't know. The View were playing at it for some reason. They'd booked The View. They're playing everywhere. They were playing a bus today. They're going about an open top bus just playing anyone that'll listen. Booked them as a turn, so God knows. What have The View done? They must be singing the same song now for four years. That's a terrible joke. (laughs) I'm a big fan of The View. Uh, On record, live, they just don't really cut it. They're a bit excitable. They're a bit young. Live, they're like four junkies for Dundee shambling about on a stage. But I, but I do like them on record. And I'll be going to see or, them at Tina Park. Or on CD. Or on tape. <laughs> record. I definitely Can didn't buy... mean a record. That's Far too sure. expensive to buy vinyl these days. It was 30 quid for a flipping LP. It was all vinyl back in your day, Greg. Oh, eh? I've got a lot full of vinyl, mate. I tell you. I dig a vinyl at one day, get the decks out. Yeah, did you listen to the podcast last week, Greg? I'm sure we mentioned you. I... Uh... There was a thread in the forum dedicated to you. I think. <laughs> Was there? To your tastes, yeah. I'm pretty sure I listened to the podcast. I can't remember that, though. Ah, well, I'll maybe talk about it after the podcast, because it wasn't really safe for podcast. Oh, aye. <laughs> aye, that's a thought. We're going to talk about these PFA awards, then. Aye, so we've, let's we've talk about positives. Them, we've covered Alan Johnson, manager of the year. Well done, yep. Cannot argue with that, I don't think. I mean, he's won the, the Ramsey Cup for the second division, which is unusual itself. He has won that second division phenomenally well this year it was 92 points yep that's an amazing total for any division doesn't matter what one it is yep and it knocked out Hibs in the League Cup I believe which was aye. Uh, aye. probably their big scalp of the season uh, so oh wait a minute wait a minute they knocked out <laughs> Rangers aye like I said Hibs was a big scalp two divisions <laughs> above them no one below I, them that's the thing though he was, the, he was the outstanding candidate the rest of them had had good seasons but he was the outstanding aye. candidate that was the thing I mean, can't argue with that like everything else with us Celtic done all their business in Europe it wasn't what they done domestically and this is covering domestic stuff so I'm not going to argue with nothing going to Celtic whatsoever I like his and, I like Johnson's style because he picked himself for the Harry Ramsden's Cup final but he, did, he was an unused sub he was there so he managed to get a players medal because that was the first one I don't think he'd ever won any trophies in his time as a player. I always wonder right. this. Th- th- this is one I always wonder. See if you're a player manager and you get a touchline ban, can you pick yourself as a sub? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't know. I don't know if that's just a across Chris, the board. Chris, or Chris, 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 you've opened a can of worms here. He's going to have his rule book at the moment. <laughs> I like, I like Craig's Fine. rule book. It's always good. Lennon will be it. looking into that for the cup final. I, know, I was just like, no. <laughs> so the right. cup final's on the 26th of May, and he's finding out on the 23rd. That's what I heard. I don't know why you know, it's taking him so long to find see, out. See, to be honest, that's so close to the cup final. You just appeal it if you get caught. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I think, uh, well, he was he's getting done because allegedly he was in the tunnel during yeah. his 15 minute ban. If he was, he, he needs to receive a further ban. There can't be anything other than that because otherwise managers would just flaunt it and just sit on the bench and say, "Tough, you're not going to ban me anymore." See, to be honest, see when you consider that he sent half the team on holiday, so it's a game he didn't consider meant much. Mm-hmm. And he's also uh, taking the mickey out of that 15-minute rule the previous week. Mm-hmm. It's not as if you don't know about it. Mm-hmm. If he does get pulled up for that and it does mean the Masky Cup final, then, to be honest, he deserves it for being stupid. Yeah. The whole situation's just daft, though, isn't it? I mean, the, the, the rule itself's a farce. Exactly. The I punishment out being the handed down's daft. The, the thing you get pulled up for the other week's daft. Him hanging about in the tunnel's daft. I don't know, there's just there's so many other things you could be talking about in Scottish football that would, you know what I mean? Right, we'll go back to positives. Crap. Right. Nonsense. Second division player, Nicky Clark. Not I think that's that. pretty obvious. So they last 32 goals. Great. Yep. Uh, first division, I like to do it in a funny order. First division, yeah. we've got Lyle Taylor. Yep, who was actually second top scorer, I noticed. Because I think you'll find that Hamilton's Stephen May got 25 goals to Taylor's 24. Yep. Bye, Taylor's... A good choice there, and in the third division, Lee Wallace. I think he's he's quality. I'm surprised by that one. I thought Andy Little might get it. Andy Little's been good. He, he spent a wee bit of the season out through injury, but he still managed to get a, an impressive goal tally, especially for a guy who wasn't really used as a striker. He was used on the right mm-hmm. and sometimes left, sometimes in the middle, but he wasn't what you would call a traditional striker. Yeah, 22 for the, the, the SFL 3 season he got, just one ahead of McAllister at Peterhead. Aye, so that's good. So, so positives there. It's, it's interesting though that none of the sort of bigger signings, if you want to use that phrase, were really in contention. It's guys that are kind of not hanging about the fringes, but you know, it wasn't a, a Ian Black or a, a Templeton or a Shields or a Sandaza or a, you know. Templeton won the the Rangers Player of the Season at the mm-hmm. the Rangers Awards, but I, I'm frustrated by him. He, he's too greedy. He shows too much of the ball to the defender, and sometimes he skins him. Sometimes he loses the ball. It's just too frustrating for me, and I'm I'm looking forward to him growing up a bit, and just deciding to be a bit more a team player. Ian Black, no, he's not good enough for me this season. Last season, I was really looking forward to him coming to Rangers, but he, I don't know. He just slows things down too much. He's, I've not seen enough of these Hollywood passes that I've seen when he was at Hearts. And then the other guys, well, Shields, he's been injured for quite a bit. And then Sandaza was played, yeah. I want to say out of position, but he was played as a striker, but he was played as a, a lone striker. <laughs> and the, they were doing I long see, balls. I didn't see him playing as a striker much. They were doing long balls up to him and he just can't do it. He just oh, doesn't know what to do. That's not his style. Well, we said that last season that Sandaza was at his best when he played alongside Kelly and Sheridan. Because yep. they two linked up really well. Yeah. Yep. So if you could have found a partner for Sandaz, he might have worked a lot better. And then I'm not going to mention Kyle, because I think I've seen him once I and I looked at his strip and I thought, no, nah, that's too tight, he's a fat. <laughs> 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 I'm surprised then. 
I'm surprised McCulloch didn't get mentioned for, well, maybe not the, the PFA one, but certainly the Rangers. Oh, he's my man of the season, Greg. Because I think, I mean, any time I've seen Rangers play, he's the guy that's just been dragging them with the bootstraps. Oh, he's... Like, he's maybe pretty industrial at times, but that's what they needed in that division. He's a good Some team player. Scoring yeah. goals, and now he's playing at the back, sorting things out. I mean, he's, he's a 100% ball bag, but apart from that, he's a <laughs> <laughs> The charity bit. Well, we must go the season. Brian Prunty's overhead kick. Oh, I, I'm not want to talk about that because my YouTube's not working. All I can see is a green screen, so I can't even remember. I'm sure I mentioned it. His overhead kick, one goal of the season, and I mentioned but, uh, it on a podcast. I think. Fantastic. But I can't really remember what it was like, and I can't see it tonight, so I don't want to talk about it. Messi-esque overhead kick, whoops over the keeper, and then uh, absolute Brian goal. Not going to argue that for goal of the season. Aye, I can remember it. It was a while ago. And my I'm... goal of the season was Tony Watch against Barcelona. But again, like I said, <laughs> everything happened in Europe this season for us. I thought that was a good goal. I'll give you that. Tony Watt, it was a good good moment for Celtic fans and for Tony Watt. I think one of the shortlisted ones for um, Celtic domestically was a goal we scored against Kilmarnock where there was about 25 passes. And I think we passed through all 10 of our outfield players. <laughs> It was a really good goal. Thanks, Amaras finished it off. I'm not sure that was one of the, the nominations, but uh, I think Printy's individual skill probably beats it. So. I don't know. Sports scene usually do a goal of the season, don't they? They usually have something. No, they've, still got a, so. aye, they've still got another few shows to go. No, a couple of weeks to go, so I'm sure they'll run a, a goal of the season. Yeah, we've got two weeks of SPL left in the Scottish Cup final. So. Yeah. Yep. So the McBookie charity bet we lost yep. last week because... Who was it that lost? Dunfermline lost to Airdrie United, unfortunately. Aye. Never for them and us. Aye. But, uh, well, it was looking good at, this, at one point because uh, I think Rangers had already won. Elgin had already won because of the early kickoffs. Mm-hmm. Hearts were gubbins at Murren already and it was 0 0 in the Dunfermline game. So we were just waiting on Dunfermline goal and then Airdrie scored. Yeah. And that's where it all fell apart. I think it all fell apart when I started watching Sky Sports News. I should stop doing that. <laughs> I jinxed it. And it was my team, it was my pick last week, Dunfermline. So I hang your head in shame. Yep. Right, this week's going to be a wee bit difficult because we're talking about no SFL other than the playoffs. And well, obviously the SPL is still going. McBookie don't have odds for the playoff second legs. I guess they're waiting to see how the results go on the Wednesday. So, although we could pick the games, the second legs, we won't know what odds they are and I won't be able to tell you how much we'll win. Ouch. <laughs> yep. See, the Celtic game, is this their last home game? Yes. Is this when they get presented with the trophy? Right, I'm going, yep. right, I'm going to pick Celtic. 4 right. to 11. Mm. There's nothing jumping out at me. No. Inverness, I hope we're done United. Uh, I was kind of eyeing that one up myself. Are United going to give in, do you think? Ah, I think the season's finished now. Inverness looked Inverness look good. the weekend yeah. as well. They look, they look pretty good. Well, depending on the results, uh, if Celtic can beat St. Johnson in the early kick-off, then if Inverness beat Dunn United, that's third secured. Yeah. So that's without yeah. Ross County kicking a ball, obviously, because they'd be, they'd be seven behind by that point, be two to play. So, so Inverness then? Inverness is looking a good one. Is that your choice then, Chris? I don't know. Is Greg wanting it? I've not got anything else. I've not got anything else. This is the problem. Because if one of us takes that, we'll do the other one. Well, 
Right, okay, you go with that. I'll take um, I'll take Motherwell home to Ross County. Right. I, I, think, I think I we'll do the business. I think we'll yeah. do the business uh, Sunday. Get the, get the points we need. Right, so Celtic are four to eleven, Inverness are evens, and Motherwell are four to five, and I'll be able to work out the the return because all the odds are available. Forty nine pound and nine pence nice. after the ten pound bet. Courtesy of McBookie, the good guys. If we think we're struggling this week, wait to next week, the week after. <laughs> we'll have got the Scottish Cup final. <laughs> you just hedge your bet. Somebody could go home, somebody go away, somebody take a draw. <laughs> go £3.33 each. How are we going to get three bets out of the Cup final? Oh, we, might, we might stretch it, we might go for the Champions League Cup final as well. Oh, that's a thought. It's just, ah, it's just Saturday. Dortmund and Munich. Right, who would have thought that? Well, many folk would have said, oh, I, I predicted that, but I don't think they would have predicted the, the manner in which the, the two German sides went through. I, I, re- I did reckon, when they were at last 16, that Dortmund and Munich, if they could keep my part in the draw, would be, be the final. I'm quite delighted about that, because yeah. I think it's a cracking game. I've got a funny feeling it's not the last old German final we'll see in that competition for the next few years. I don't know, these things go in swings around the boots because the one minute it's English teams dominating, the next minute Spanish teams dominating. I think we went through a spell where Italian teams were dominating. Yeah. I seen a I seen a meme and it was about the winners of the Champions League and it seems to follow the the venue. So this season it's in England, so it's gonna be an English winner next season. It went back maybe four or five years and that seemed to be the pattern. <laughs> I was going to say I don't remember anybody for Istanbul winning after Liverpool won it. <laughs> no, it doesn't go that far back. It doesn't go that far back. Yeah. No. Where was the final last season? Munich. And Chelsea yeah. won it. That's right. Yeah, and then Chelsea Munich won it because the season before was Wembley. Yeah, when Barcelona won it. And then the season before it was in Spain. I think that's as far back as it goes. But it's not a very big meme to be honest. <laughs> I, it was worth a mention, Chris. I liked it. <laughs> What's ah, this, this thing you're referring to? A meme? A what? A meme? Greg, you're not up with a lingo. <laughs> Is this me finally getting to the stage, despite my youthful good looks, that I'm now officially unaware of what's going on in the world? You're uncool, Greg. What's that, a meme? Well, a, a, internet memes. M-E-M-E. Aye. It's just a picture it's that folks share. And it's you got can, words you in it. You can have cheeseburger. <laughs> a what? A picture? It's got a picture a with meme? words in it. For goodness sake. Right. All right. I'll check out memes later. So many of you. will be there for hours. Hi, please. <laughs> Start at the top and see all yeah, of them right like to the bottom. I think you're winding me up. A meme? It's, it's what M-E-M-E. the internet's for. M-E-M-E. Oh, it's, the, it's the second thing the internet's for. An idea, behaviour or style that spreads from person to person within a culture. What? No, <laughs> what? it's a picture with some silly words in it. Oh, memebasedcheeseburger.com. There we go. That sounds a bit right. You're going to end up in dodgy sites. Hazard. Is it? Aye, uh... <laughs> probably. Right, going to the predictions. I've already mentioned that I'm going to go for Celtic. They're kicking off the early kickoff, 12.15 on Sky Sports 1. It's the last home game, so I'm expecting that there's going to be a big crowd. How's the ticket sales going, Chris? You heard? No idea. They were still selling them last I heard. They still got that upper tier open? Aye. Uh, for now. We're moving season tackle holders out here, though. Aye. That's, uh, I guess we've not really got time to discuss that, but there was... A Is that for the bait. 3D TV? But it's... It? I don't know. I think they're just keeping it for the, the walk-up uh, ticket sales, to be honest. Move holders. Holders. Elsewhere. 
all the stuff in England just now with season ticket um, holders getting moved in Old Trafford, I think. And it's something to do with the um, 3D TV coverage they're going to start showing. Must be camera positions getting set up and whatnot. No, um, we're, ju- we're just trying to enhance the match day experience. Seems oh, to be the official God. title. Yeah. I just... see, the minute, see the minute I hear that. Oh, blame me. Yeah. Well, no, see, to be honest, another thing they were talking about doing at uh, the start of next season is they're going to open the Kerrydale suite, which is going to allow the first come, first serve for people to just buy drink at the game. Obviously, obviously not at during the game, but it's effectively a pub that's in the stadium. Do they not have that just now, no? So nothing um, in Celtic. No, no, no. Well, it's, it's, it's the same idea as what you get at Rugby Park. You know how the, there's that separate uh, building at Rugby Park where you can go and have a beer before the game? Mm. That, the Kerridge Sweet idea is the same idea. St Johnson's got that as well. I'm sure Aye. I was half an hour to get a pint before their European game. Ah, you can get in the David Cooper stand at Wallerwood, they've got one upstairs. See, Rangers have got it, but you need to pay pretty much a tenner for the privilege of being able to buy a pint. So I never do. I'm tight like that. I don't drink at the game anyway, so that's, so that's totally irrelevant to me. <laughs> I think I'd have a pint if I had the choice. Nah, I wouldn't bother. I, 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 like, I go for the game. I don't go for a, the drinking experience. If I might go drinking, I'll go drinking after it. Ah, but, well, I, I drive, but I think to myself, I could have a pint before the game. That would do me one pint before the game starts. Anyway, right. Celtic against St. Johnson Sky Sports 1. I'm going to go for a home win 3 0. Uh. I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet because we're just getting rubbish at doing that. But uh, we've been scoring for fun at home since the one 0 win over Motherwell at the start of the year. So I don't think we've scored any less than three in a game since that, other than Juventus, which isn't domestic. So uh, I'll go three one. Two one. Two one to St Johnson for Craig. Right then, hmm. Dundee against Kelly. I'm hoping that Dundee go on a, a wee run here <laughs> and run the, the league pretty close. Then we'll hear more for Bomber. About how the dive cost them the, what do you call it? Cost them the relegation? No, no. <sighs> cost them that SPL status. That's it. That's it. Right, I'm going to go two one to Dundee. Aye, so much. Right, I reckon although it's done now, I think uh, Brown will want to finish strongly anyway, just to try and prove a point. That's if he doesn't walk away. He says if he gets in trouble, he's going to walk away. <laughs> it's a good uh, Rangers. Thought, uh, shouldn't he do? I, thought, I was going to say, I thought his type don't do walking away. <laughs> two nothing. Then we've got Inverness against Dundee United. We've got that in the charity bet. So I'm going to go for a, a home win. 3-1. Aye. I'm going that as well. <laughs> Not in coffee, you're in. Play <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Then St Mirren against Aberdeen. I'm going to go 0-0. <laughs> Aye. <laughs> nothing to play for in the bottom six. Who cares? Aye. Aye. Both of them struggling. One each. Then on Sunday, we've got the Edinburgh Derby. 12 0-0. Edinburgh Derby's have been dire this season ESPN ESPN, dear me The last game, last Scottish game of the season Aye I don't know But then Hearts going to score three goals That week, last last weekend That's probably their allocation for the month (laughs) No, no, honestly I think that's about nothing each I'm going to go 2-2 One no I would hate this to be another boring game Because I'll still end up watching it But I'm convinced, no, no They've just been dire all season No, no then we've got Motherwell against Ross County and we've went for Motherwell in the charity bet, so it has to be a home win. That's the rules. I'm going to go 2-0. I'm going 3-1. Aye, 3-1. 3-1. Now, Motherwell have been good. We've been scoring goals for fun recently. Aye, pressure's off. His now second place is... 
Aye. Goal difference or something that you can get caught on. There's still about 15, 16 goals or something. There's there's a chunk in it now, so I think the pressure's off. 10 goals, better off. There we go. What's this I hear hear about McFadden being a target for Ross County? I'd heard that for a couple of places, but... um, That's an interesting one. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if somebody's willing to pay him his six, seven grand a week that he'll be looking for, then... Um, it's a possibility, but I, 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 I mean, I don't, I, I don't see that you get any value for doing that. I mean, that's that's a lot of money to pay a guy for a season's football. And I think if he gets a offer from somewhere else, he'll be away because I don't think he would really be desperately um, wanting to go and play for Ross County. But depends what he's got on the table. So who knows? I'd, I'd, I'd be pretty surprised if that was going to happen. I'd be an eyebrow raiser. It's changed times anyway. He's got to look around and look at the players that are struggling to find a club. De- definitely, I mean, available. I, I still think he thinks he's got a big money move left in him, and I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced anybody else thinks that at the moment. To be honest, he's a, he's a he's a very good SPL player. Out with the SPL, you know, EPL. I don't think so anymore. Went to Sunderland, literally never kicked a ball. Championship. You look at the young guys coming up through the championship. I'd, I'm not sure he would be first choice down there. He's first choice in the SPL for anyone outside Celtic, so somebody comes up with the cash, you never know. Well, I another season you. getting regular football and he might get back I, to the Scotland squad. It's a, it's a sensible thing to do is to go somewhere where he's going to be playing week in, week out. He would do that at Ross County, he would do that at Motherwell, but we can't afford them. Uh, I'm not sure there's many other SPL sides that could be um, in a position to meet his wages, so... Fair play to Ross County if they get him. It's, it's, a, it's an ambitious move. If, if there's any truth in it, it's a really ambitious uh, ambitious move. But I'd, I'd be pretty surprised if he ended up up there. Yeah. That's, I don't really have anything else to discuss. Podcast, I think I've covered everything I wanted to mention. Chris, anything else you wanted to mention? Uh, no, I think we've probably covered them, haven't we? We've come at the end of the season, so we're almost running out of things. I'm sure about another reconstruction talk. I think there's more going on than Mara, I believe. That's been Monday night. Yeah, but what's happening with the, the breakaway 10? I, I, I couldn't quite understand what was going on on Friday with this. Is there any... If, if they're breaking away from the SFL, where are they going? I don't think they have anywhere to go. I think they're asking for the SPL to step in. Nice. I'll step in if they want. It's and bizarre. I'll rule them. I it's think bizarre. They, they seem to have this idea that if they join the SPL, they'll get the financial distribution they were going to get if they do reconstruction. Uh, and I think if they go from the SFL to the SPL, it's already in the rules, so they don't technically need the two years resignation thing. Mm. I think that there's some sort of legal uh, issue there because everyone's saying, oh no, they can't resign, they need two years' notice. But there is a bit in the rules which is a bit vague about how you can get promoted to the SPL or moved into the SPL by any other means or something along those lines. Right. I think so they can change the rules as well if they, if they have a certain amount of clubs voting for it, and obviously they would have. 33% voting yes because they're wanting to leave. I think you need something like 60% of the clubs to agree. So they'll probably think about saying, okay, well, those clubs in the second division will give you a wee sweetener, which is what the SPL did in the first place. And then just say, all right, I will vote for it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, just get it, just get it voted through. But then to, to do what? To set up what two leagues are? Whatever it would be. Twelve. It sounds like it's going to be a twelve and a ten. It's going yeah. to... it's How is that changing anything whatsoever? I know. It's just the player. same thing. Folk need to look at the SPL and say they've not even got a title sponsor yet for next no. season. They need to no. be thinking right. 
is the SPL the kind of product we want to be joining? Because they had problems paying the teams at the start of the season. They called that a cash flow problem, but that suggests to me that they're teetering. I think I think it's more likely you would see teams resigning for the SPL than from the SFL. Because, the because because from what I understand the, the, the league sponsorship deal is up in the air when the reconstruction thing never went through as, as, as far as I've been led to believe that deal is now off the deal with the, the betting company who are ready to step in and sponsor it that's gone it's not happening so as you said currently the SPL has zero corporate sponsor next season very worrying considering the, the time they've had to, to find mm-hmm. one because uh, Clydesdale Bank announced a long time ago might even have been last season that they weren't going to renew it. It, was, it seems to be such a long time ago. It's been on the cards for a while, but I think the problem is there's not really anybody who's been willing to step up and, and make an offer for the uh, for the sponsorship deals. So. How about I make an offer, Greg? What, what was your offer? Bovril? Two Bovrils? <laughs> I'll offer £20 and unlimited sponsorship on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that might be enough to swing it. I don't know, do, do, do we mention the SPL often enough on this podcast? <laughs> yeah. The SFF sponsored SPL, discussed on the SFF podcast. Aye. It's just, it's funny that the whole thing's now gone a bit quiet. I, 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 I don't know, I think it's the summer ahead, goodness knows how it's going to pan out, but I think there's a lot of people sticking their head in the sand at the moment and just hoping things work out, and I'm not convinced that's, that's really the way forward, yeah. but... To be honest, if I'm heads in the sand, I think I might join them just because I'm sick to death of the whole thing. <laughs> I just aye, want it to be football. Aye, I mean, it's, it's gone past the point of anything happening for next season, surely. So but instead of somebody coming out and saying, right, we're not doing anything, here's what we've got in place, I, I think they're still dicking around with ideas of this, that and everything else. Aye. Maybe we'll find out what happens tomorrow and we'll have some new... Some next Wonderful exciting. road to... Recovery for Scottish football. No, that's that's just hopeful now. <laughs> no, but there's a wee bit of hope there, so that'd be a good place Aye. to end the podcast. A, a wee bit of hope. <laughs> right, well, thanks for listening if you've listened to the end. Thanks for listening throughout the season as well. We've still got another three to go before we hang up our mics. Stick with us, the best is still to come. Oh, I, oh, I'm telling you, well, I'm going to see if I can get a special guest before the end of the season. But Derek says he's busy, so <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'll see if I can persuade him. Surely with his contacts, he could get us something good. <laughs> we don't want to be showing up on this. We need to feel our level. I think Derek was on was brilliant because he was brilliant, not because anyone else. <laughs> Aye. Right, well, I'll see, I'll see if I can get anybody... Uh, a B-list celebrity in football. I'll see what I can do. Right. right. I'll catch I'm, you I next might, week. I might be able to get you somebody that has played football at Celtic Park next week. Might just be me, but... Yeah. Aye. Right, Chris, I'm wanting to hear about a hat-trick. Pressure uh, on her. <laughs> oh, uh, if anybody's actually still listening all the way to this point, then congratulations. But if you don't know, I'm playing, in Cel- I'm playing at Celtic Park on Sunday in football. Aid, and I'm up front. So He's the bought new boots. I had to buy new boots a lot. See, see if you get a penalty, Chris, you need to chip it. <laughs> I'm not having oh. you blasting it, you need to chip it. Pure what? <laughs> I'd probably hit a bar or something. The thing is, at, at that level, the keeper is going to wait for you to hit it before he moves, and then he's just going to he's going to chest it down, actually. He's not even going to catch it. He's going to chest it and leave it by his feet, 
and a time wasting strategy. <laughs> Might be worth coming along to see that, Craig. You fancy it? We'll go along Guillaume Pelters. Celtic Park, <laughs> my second home. Aye. I could shout at him. <laughs> I will get really quite nasty. <laughs> you you still can come along, but you need to go sit in the away end because it's tradition and that's got the nice big power so you can't even see. A couple of smoke bombs. <laughs> no pyro, no party. <laughs> Aye. I'll bring my third division champions flag. I'll bring my drum. You can take your flute, Craig. <laughs> ah. Greg, I've seen those uh, flags. They don't say anything about the subdivision on them. They just say champions. One in a row. <laughs> That's nice. What do you mean it doesn't say third? Aye, Scottish third division. 2012-13. Champions. I've got it right here. I'll wave it, actually. <laughs> yeah. Is it orange and blue? Because it's sponsored by Iron Brew. It is orange and blue. How fitting. The bigots are loving it. <laughs> Right, we better end. This is a world record length of podcast. Right, let's go. So oh, don't talk about world records. I'll just go as often as I want. Hi, we won't mention it. Right, but thanks for listening. Right, cheers. Cheers. Bye. See you later.